Advisors Mortgage Group is proud to present Indy's Real Estate Gurus, hosted by Rick Ritma and Ian Arnold, the hardworking mortgage guys. Please contact Rick and Ian for all of your mortgage needs at hardworkingmortgageguys.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. Now, here's the hardworking mortgage guys, Rick Ritma and Ian Arnold. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that for the most up-to-date information on mortgages and Indy's real estate market, go to hardworkingmortgageguys.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. I'm Rick Ritma, the hardworking mortgage guy, and I've had the honor of working with over 5,200 mortgage borrowers, helping each one find their best mortgage option. As a certified mortgage planner, I know my team and I can guide you through the process and help you every step of the way. Today, we're talking with Indy's real estate guru, Brian Wignall. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Perfect. I, I can mispronounce about anything. Okay. <laughs> Brian's a native Hoosier and a proud graduate of Carmel High School and Indiana University. Brian and his beautiful wife, Heather, have three great, great kids, ages 5 through 32. Um, actually, six. Six. Six, yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, six, six, six years old. Yep. All right. Well, no, no, six grand. Six, 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 six great. <laughs> six confused. great kids, ages five through thirty-two. Yep. The problem is I can't read either. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> As well, you have four grandchildren. Correct. Yeah, they're they're age uh, three months through four years. Wow. So that's awesome. Uh, there, both Brian and his wife are actively involved in their church, which is an important part of their lives. In addition to being a real estate agent broker for FC Tucker, Brian is a master sergeant in the Air, uh, in the Army Reserve and has proudly served the U.S. Army for over 29 years. Correct. Thanks for your service. We well, really appreciate you. it. Uh, with an extensive background in both sales, negotiation, marketing, Brian looks forward to, uh, br- to bringing his skills and leadership to use representing his clients and helping them in to either sell a property or uh, purchase a property, their dream home. And all this has led Brian to become one of Indy's real estate gurus. Brian, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Rick. I, I, it's, a, it's an honor to have you, and, I, and, I, and it really is nice to, you know, what you've done, the, this, the service that you've done. And mm-hmm. I wasn't going to start with that question, but I think I will, because it's such an interesting story that you have mm-hmm. When you were you were actually stationed in Iraq, is that? Well, I, I was mobilized this last year, okay, and uh, spent uh, spent a large part of the year uh, between Erbil, Iraq, which is Kurdistan, that's in the northernmost portion of Iraq, okay. and then I spent a while in Baghdad, okay, at two different posts. Um, one was called BDSC, which is Bag- Baghdad Diplomatic Support Center, as well as Union Three, which used to be known as the Green Zone. Okay. And then the fourth area that I was assigned over there was uh, AAAB, which is uh, Al-Assad Air Base. Um, and how long were we there? Was uh, overseas for about five months. Okay. Okay. So um, kind of cool. But, you know, what? the interesting thing with that, when I initially came on orders, I was really concerned <clears throat> about how that would impact my real estate business. Right. Right? Right. Um, the stories that I had heard were from uh, other veterans that had been uh, mobilized during Desert Shield, Desert Storm. And they were talking to me about how you had the ability to call home once a week for 45 minutes on a satellite phone and all Great of that. Great for real estate. Yeah, you can't, can't do it. <laughs> so I wasn't sure what to expect. And I actually, uh, uh, when I got down there, got their top internet pa- internet and cell phone package. They have something called Pucks, you know, that okay. you use over yep. there so that, so that my Verizon phone would work on their system, their network. Okay. And honestly, I had better reception in Baghdad than I do in Carmel, Indiana. Really? Well, so, yeah. we don't have good signal here. No, not at, not at all. No, especially through Verizon. Yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I had great signal. And so, you know, I'd call home, talk to my wife. You know, it sounded like I was next door. And I carried on uh, real estate business as usual. The only difference is there is an eight-hour time delay. So when my clients were calling me up at, uh, you know, 10 a.m., uh, Carmel time to see what was going on. It was actually, you know, like 2 a.m. Uh, Baghdad time, but I okay. always answered my phone. So, yeah, that's amazing. So <clears throat> they would call you at 10 a.m. their time and you're at it's 2 a.m. where you are. Correct. And you're and you're with you have roommates. Yeah, I had a, had a roommate uh, everywhere I went. So, okay. yeah, they, they weren't too thrilled with, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Master Sergeant Wignall getting calls that early. But it's part part of my job as a realtor. So part right. of being 
accessible to my clients. Yeah, so. that's amazing though. And it also shows how much you effort and how much you care about what you do. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that if you were didn't if you didn't have that piece in you that you really care about your clients and you really want Absolutely. to be there for people. Um, we talked a little bit. Um, well, actually, is there any more about about I shouldn't just cut it off because mm-hmm. I know it's such an interesting story. Was there any more uh, anything else you wanted to talk about about being uh, stationed in Iraq? No fun fun area. Um, yeah, I, I uh, uh, was in Kuwait a little little while a little while also. But, you know, fun area to be, but but uh, I think we talked about this before the show. My wife did not want anyone knowing I was mobilized, you know, for security reasons. She didn't want anybody, including our, you know, neighbors, knowing that I was going to be overseas for a long time. So clients had no idea that I wasn't local. So I had a couple clients that didn't know until I was on the way back and posted on Facebook that uh, I'd been talking to them from, you know, halfway across the world. So, yeah, you know, it's amazing. Technology... <laughs> It can be the most frustrating thing, mm-hmm. but man, does it make, you couldn't have done that 20 years ago. Oh, not at all. And, and, you know, I, th- I think I probably sold more real estate in Baghdad than, well, definitely than any other U S soldier that was assigned over there, but <laughs> yeah. possibly any, uh, any Iraqi realtors over there as well. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> well, it's, and that's a good thing you were av- available to do all that. Yep. So with that, so you're away from your family for five months. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your family. You know, how, obviously you have, you have um, a wide range in kids, which is, um, it's got to be very interesting. I, it's, it's a, you know, for us, my kids were only four years apart, but I still had a pretty wide range. You know, mm-hmm. we had three kids and we had 12, 13 years. How does that, how, how is your family, how do, they, how do they accept you being in Baghdad and how, you know, how, has it all, everything worked out? Well, worked worked out really well. <clears throat> when I was over there, like I said, I had, I had uh, you know, great communication back home so i would i would call regularly and they had a they had a neat program through the uso um both in iraq and in uh, kuwait it's called the bob hope reading program okay and really neat what what you would do is you would go in and they had a bunch of books you could select and you would go into a room kind of kind of like this room here and you would read a book to your child oh wow and then as soon as you finished reading it that recording would get sent out and then the Bob Hope Reading Program would send your child through Amazon that book that you read. Wow. So it was really neat. So Judah, my five-year-old, was really excited because every night, Daddy was reading him a new book, and he was getting a new book in the mail, you know, the next day. So that's it was awesome. kind of cool. Yeah, so that's a great program. Yeah, that is, you know, that's something that if you're not in the military and being, sta- you would never know mm-hmm. about a program like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Bob Hope really cared. He, he really did, and, and that program is free of charge for soldiers um, that are on uh, deployment. And I, I spend a lot of my time, I, I work in religious affairs. That's, that's my uh, okay. MOS or my job currently. But I spend a lot of my time trying to talk to uh, other soldiers that were downrange and let them know about that because it's a good way to stay connected to your kids when you're overseas. Some of these guys are overseas for a year or longer. Yeah, I, I've, had, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to people, and it's like they keep, they keep getting, I, I don't know, uh, <clears throat> they keep moving in. I mean, they don't come back. They just yep. keep with it. They're, they're supposed to be there six months and then it's another six months and it's another yep. six months. And it's amazing. And, and sometimes they can come home a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, my nephew was stationed. This is a while back. And he was stationed, I think in Iraq, but it, it was either Iraq or Turkey. I can't remember which one, but I think it was Iraq. And that's what he, I mean, he had to, you know, he didn't have kids at the time, but mm-hmm. it, it, but he was married, and it was a that was a you know it was a tough time for them in mm-hmm. their in their marriage. Um, but he but they made they made it through, and they have kids now, and it's it's you know good. Um, but I, I have several family members that are in the military, um, or were in the military, and and your son is in the military also. Is that not? Yes, yeah. My oldest son uh, Israel is a uh, officer. He's <clears throat> actually, sorry, I've got a cold no, here. That's fine. He's actually uh, active duty with the Indiana National Guard. Um, he's up for captain right now. But yeah, my my older son, who said he would never have anything to do with the military, decided to go in once he graduated college and had some student loan debt there. <laughs> yeah. And he he thought he would hate it. He absolutely loves it, and that's uh, awesome. He's just uh, doing a great job, and um, really proud of him. Now, is he has he been scared? 
stationed overseas or is he no he no. he's not been mobilized yet at all that's good um so that's good he's he's my son that's got three kids so okay um i don't think that's anything that he would be looking forward to so, <laughs> no, i know it's always <laughs> a risk when you're in the service yeah but they don't actually they don't actually ask you no they they don't get our feedback <laughs> yeah, no. they say you're gonna go here and you say roger that so <laughs> yeah whatever you whatever you tell me to do so what made you to decide to become a real estate agent well um that uh, it's something that I'd thought about for a while, um, but one of the big the big reasons that kind of motivated me is about uh, ten years ago, um, I had gone through a divorce. Now I'd been married at that point for uh, twenty five years, and so it was pretty unexpected. And as part of that divorce, part of the part of the benefit of that divorce, you know, I mean this kind of sarcastically is, you know, I, I wound up going through bankruptcy. We had to sell our house, a lot of financial trauma. And I contacted an agent that was at the church that I attended at the time. And I think she probably spent more time grief counseling with me than she did really, you know, working on uh, talking to me about marketing my home, you know, to her credit. So she was kind of a realtor and a, and a counselor. And I had thought after, you know, after I'd gone through that hard experience, um, that's something I would love to do. I've always had a, had a real heart for people. I love to try to help people. Um, I come from a ministry background, and I thought that would be a, a really good job to get into. And so um, when I uh, remarried about eight years ago, my wife, Heather, had mentioned that to me. She said, you know, you've talked about real estate. Why don't you go ahead and, and try to try to pursue that? And so I did, and I absolutely love it. And so uh, it probably like you do as a mortgage mortgage broker, wear a lot of hats right. as a realtor and, and counselor is one of them. And I love to be able to help first time home buyers find homes, but I also love to be, be there when I'm dealing with somebody that's either lost a spouse or going through divorce or hardship or, you know, employment difficulties and kind of help mitigate that, you know, that, that loss and try to help them make make their life easier in that way so that's that's a something i really enjoy yeah because you can you can relate to it number one which helps a lot and and the other piece i think to me is i think a really all of the top agents all the guru agents i talk to have have tremendous compassion for others Mm -hmm. that's what i noticed they they truly care and like the agent you were working with it wasn't about you buying a house it was about Mm -hmm. you yep right absolutely Buying a house was just a piece of it, but really it was about you. And and she knew she needed to be she needed to be there for you. Absolutely. And and that is what I see that that caring and compassion in people makes a huge difference. And it, I think it's one of the things that catapults an agent to the top level. You have mm-hmm. to work. I mean, it's not one in, yep. in thing. You got to work. You got to do. You know, you got to you got to be able to be in, in in Iraq and and still handle your business and people don't even know you're gone. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of dedication you have to have, but it really helps to have the compassion. And I, I, I noticed it's, it's a big deal to get to the mm-hmm. top. I think it's, I think it's really important. Um, we're coming up on the break. So after the break, we're going to talk about the traits that Brian feels someone should look for when they're looking to hire a real estate agent. And if you need to get a hold of Brian, how would they, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is uh, my cell phone number is 317-797-3580. And either call or text, and I will either respond immediately or very shortly after you text. I'm pretty responsive. And what's that number again? 317-797-3580. Excellent. If you need to get a hold of Ian or I, and Ian's not here today, but it's hardworkingmortgageguy.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. And we will talk more with Brian about how to hire a real estate agent after the break. Advisors Mortgage Group is licensed by Indiana Department of Financial Institutions. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS 33041. Rick Ritma's NMLS 664-589. Hi, I'm Rick Ritma with the Hardworking Mortgage Guys and Advisors Mortgage Group, where we believe delivering the best mortgage for you is why we exist, and it's how we all succeed. We believe honesty, kindness, and hard work are how we honor each client. At Hardworking Mortgage Guys, we believe in custom-tailored loans, not the one-size-fits-all approach. We believe in always presenting you with all your options so 
you get the loan you want the way you want it. We believe in continually monitoring the rules, rates, and market trends so you don't have to. We believe in working hard to meet your closing date so that your entire plan isn't upended. We believe in offering the same quick online process that the box store mortgage companies brag about. Whether you're refinancing or buying your first home, we believe there is a best mortgage for you, and we believe we are the team to deliver it. Find us online at hardworkingmortgageguys.com. Brought to you by Advisors Mortgage Group, where we believe the more you know about financing a home, the less stressful buying and refinancing will be. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it very much. We hope you're having a great day. We are here with Brian and talking about real estate, but we have a the question of the week. We ask everybody the question of the week. Now it's time for Questions with the Gurus. As Ian says, it's the hardest question we're going to ask. I It's my favorite question, and it's, what was your first car or what was your most memorable car? Most memorable car. I've had a lot. Of, I'm kind of a big car guy. Okay. So, um, Me too. Yeah, I've had quite a few. Um, my uh, most memorable car before the one I currently own, I had a uh, <clears throat> C5Z06 Corvette. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, with a, uh, had, had the uh, engine uh, built by Lingenfelter. Oh, wow. Okay. And then yeah. had a supercharger on it. Okay. And yep. so that, that was fun. It was a, it was a stick. My, my current cool car is a uh, C8 Z51 Corvette. Okay. So it's a 2023, um, and it's uh, rapid blue with uh, custom wheels on it. It's it's kind of fun. So, yeah, those I, I have not ridden in one of those yet, but they are beautiful cars. And I and I know. But what's the horsepower in that? It's about 500 horse. That's what on I thought. The right in the 500 horse. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> if you're not a car person, you don't realize how much 500 horses mm-hmm. is on a car that doesn't weigh very much. Yep. It it's I I had I had a friend who had a 17 Corvette and it was only like 450 horsepower. Mm-hmm. I mean it was scary fast. Yep. And I, I years ago I had a 69 Corvette with a 427 I put nitrous oxide mm-hmm. on it. Scary fast. I actually had a 69 also. Did you really? Had the pop-out rear window and the Muncie M22 rock crusher. I was crusher. a convertible. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Muncie, yeah. Great, I, I great changed, car. Yeah, I changed, the, uh, <clears throat> I changed that gear. Um, I took the Muncie out, and I put a Doug Nash 5-speed in. Oh, wow. And I, I don't know why. Today, I would never do that, but I did. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a great car. But, you know, you were talking about your, your – um, the, the, was it a ZR1? What? Oh, no. the Z06? Yeah. Yeah. Z06. <clears throat> those things, maybe not the Z06, maybe it's the ZR1s, but one of them, you're seeing those things go through auction right now at un- unbelievable pricing. Yep. Um, it's, it, it amazes me. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the new uh, Cor- uh, Chevy just came out with the new um, Z06, the new C8 Z06. They're just starting to trickle into the market, but those things are selling right now anywhere from Fifty to a hundred thousand over MSRP. Yeah, <clears throat> so they're pretty incredible. And Chevy GM has just done such a good job. It seems like they they com- continually improve upon what they have. The uh, C8 is a mid-engine Corvette. It's the right. first the first year, or pardon me, the first uh, style that's ever had the the motor in the back. You know, kind of like your Ferraris and Lambos. Right. And I'll tell you, five five hundred horsepower on a front-engine Corvette is is phenomenal. Um, 500 horsepower on a mid-engine, unbelievable. Is it? Oh, yeah. the handling on these is great. So we, yeah. we will have to do something. You said you've never yeah. been in one. Never been in one. You will be in one as soon as it gets nicer <laughs> yeah. outside. I'll come by and take you for a drive. <laughs> you mean you don't want to go out <laughs> and four inches of snow? Yeah, today might not be the appropriate day for that. <laughs> yeah. So I had a friend of mine who came by, and his, he brought his 62 Corvette. And took, okay. And gave me, and I I'd ridden in those, but he, he had bought it. He was really excited. Beautiful car. Um and I and I I love the old cars, but if I was going to buy one today, oh, that's actually one of my goals. I'm, I'm going to just suck it up and do it. But I got to build a garage first, so I have mm. extra room. I'm going to buy a new Corvette. Yeah. It's a new a new style. I don't know if I'll go 19 and get the front engine car, uh-huh. or or the or get the mid engine car because I haven't ridden in the mid engine mm-hmm. car yet. But man, it's 
they're incredible looking. Yeah. And it's amazing that Chevy, I don't know why anybody would do this. If I'm a, if I'm a manufacturer <clears throat> and I got people who can take their cars and sell them for $100,000 more than they bought them for, uh-huh. I'm raising my price $100,000. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there, it's supposed to be the everyman sports car, but I'll, I'll tell you that they've got the Z06 now, and those are selling high. The ZR1 is getting ready to come out, supposedly. That one's probably going to be, you know, low $200,000 car. Right. And then they've got one in talks called the Duntov which is supposed to be a 1,000-horsepower dual-turbo version of the new Z06. So GM's doing some really cool stuff. Yeah. So I will say, I love <clears throat> horsepower, but a 1,000-horsepower in a car <laughs> like that is... I w- at, at my age anymore, uh-huh. I'll take the 500-horsepower yep. over the 1,000-horsepower all day long. In fact, that's, that's more than you need anyway. So oh, it's, yeah. it, you don't need to go all that way. But there is some draw to getting that higher mm-hmm. horsepower. Anyway, we went down that path because I just love cars, and so do you. <laughs> and I know you couldn't tell I love cars. Yeah, very neat being with another car guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is, what is, in your opinion, should, should, should somebody look for in the characteristics or traits when somebody's looking to hire a real estate agent? Well, it's a great question. And this is something that I talk to clients about quite a bit because I I have, you know, friends and family members. I've got, you know, Facebook friends out of state that, you know, are asking the same thing. You know, what should I look for in an agent? The thing I tell people is a good real estate agent is worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. They can save you tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in your transaction. An inexperienced real estate agent can lose you tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in a transaction. I mean, I've been across the table from agents before where they made some pretty critical errors in negotiation. And I, I'm sitting there representing my client think, my, thinking, my goodness, guys, you could have got another forty or 50000 out of that house or you could have done, done something a little bit differently, but it's that inexperience. So what I tell people, especially as buyers, as a buyer, you really are not paying a real estate agent anything. We get reimbursed by the seller of the house. We get compensated by the seller of the house. And in the state of Indiana, a real estate agent, a buyer's agent, is um, legally obligated to look out for the best interest of our clients, the people that we're working for that are buying a house are clients. They're not customers. So we are legally obligated to look out for their best interest, just like a lawyer would, just like an attorney. So if you're not paying anything for your realtor, and this individual you're working with is going to have a a large impact on the largest financial transaction that you have. Well, there there are a couple things that that I recommend. First of all, I've got this uh, list down here. I would say go with somebody that's a full-time agent, Um, not necessarily somebody that's doing this as a side hustle. Now, I understand not everybody can get into real estate and be a full-time agent right away, but real estate is one of those jobs or career fields, and I'm sure mortgage lending is the same, that you get better by the more that you do. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Um, the way that you get experienced in negotiation is to negotiate. The way that you learn about all the products and all the tools that you need to negotiate in the best interest of your client is by being busy and doing the job. And so I see a lot of people that will hire, you know, Cousin Billy because he just got his license last week and maybe he could sell grandma's house. And the thing I tell people is go with an experienced agent. Uh, make sure who, who you're ever, whoever you're dealing with is experienced and competent. Um, you want to go with somebody that is collaborative, not adversarial. And what I mean by that is some agents will bring their own stuff into a transaction. And I've been, I've been in negotiations with people that are more adversarial, and it's not fun. And you'll, you'll see some agents that will, their whole focus or whole goal is just winning, Right. And sometimes that desire to win is at the expense of their buyer or their seller. Right. You know, I've seen emotion get involved on the part of the agent where it's almost blown up transactions that were in the best interest of their client. So deal with someone that's collaborative. And and I'll also say, and I I don't know if you see this working with agents, real estate industry is pretty small, right? Most of your successful agents know or have heard of other successful agents. And so... When I'm a listing agent for a house and I have a couple offers that come in and I'm looking at offer A and I know that this agent that just submitted this offer is going to be a booger to deal with. 
They're going to argue over everything. They're going to ask for everything to be repaired on the inspection response. They're going to make life miserable for everybody because they want to win so badly. And then I receive a similar offer from agent number B, who's just been a delight to work with. Very professional, great on follow-ups, you know, hits all their deadlines with the stuff they're supposed to do. Hate to say it, but that that plays into how a listing agent will advise or counsel their sellers as far as what offer to receive. So that collaborative mentality, I think, is really important in our industry. Um, Number three, and I think this is the most important trait to look for in an agent, is somebody that's responsive. And that, that I think, is critically important. Um, Rick, one of the things you and I were talking about before the show, one thing I pride myself in is I, I try to make myself um, available for my clients. Um, you know, if I'm out to dinner at 7 p.m. and somebody calls, I'm not going to have a good voicemail. I'm going to answer my phone. I might say, hey, I'm out with my wife. I'll give you a call back in five minutes, you know, or right. 15 minutes or whatever. But I want to make myself available. Yep. Um, I look at my job almost like if I was a physician. If, if I'm a doctor and somebody's getting ready to have a baby at 3 a.m., I'm sorry, but that doctor needs to make themselves available. That's, that's part of their gig. And with me, when someone's making the most important decision of their life, um, I need to make myself a- available. I think that's my responsibility. And so I don't shut my phone off. Um, I've had clients before that will text me at, uh, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, you know, thinking I'll respond to them tomorrow. And, and I respond right away. Um, now I'm not asking for people to call me at midnight, right? but ju- just to let you know. So I try to be responsive and I think that's really, really critically important. Number four, <clears throat> experienced. Okay. That goes along kind of with a full-time agent, but experienced and a good, a good negotiator. Um, like I said earlier, this is the most expensive uh, transaction financially someone will have. So having someone that has that finesse, that experience. And one of the ways that you can find out how experienced someone is, is ask them um, about their production. It's not about how many millions of dollars you've sold. How many houses did you sell last year? You know, how are you rated around your peers? Right. You know, that's, that's I think, an important, important thing. And there's, there's some stellar agents in the Indianapolis market. But that's one of the questions I think that's important. And then uh, lastly, successful. And that, that kind of goes along with the experienced. Um, if you're dealing with an agent who is barely making ends meet um, compared to somebody that, that is very successful in the industry, well, is, is the problem their inability to negotiate? Are they not good with follow-up? What's, what's the problem? If someone's been in this industry for... 15 or 20 years and sells two houses a year, that probably wouldn't be necessarily the person I would pick to represent me, right. you know, and I, you don't necessarily need to go with the person making a hundred million in sales a year. They right. might not have time for your $300,000 purchase, but right. go with someone that's successful. That's motivated. That's, that's trying to go out there and make a dent in the market. Yeah. Well, there's a level basically mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing you say. There's a level where you don't, you want to try to avoid working with the people that are down doing two houses a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's one of the things that I always, I never really liked as people think, well, they got 20 years experience, but a 20 mm. years experience, if they did two homes a year is not 20 years experience, no. 20 years of experience is somebody's doing a, you know, $30 million mm-hmm. is a lot more than 20, you know, a lot more than 20 years oh, experience yeah. compared to what most people do. So a lot to me, it's, 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 it's that it's the team, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have, if you have somebody who's in less experience, they better have some back, somebody in that back helping them that they better have mentors, somebody who can help them because it's not the worst thing in the world, but I agree with you. If you mm-hmm. can get an experienced agent and, and hiring your, your, your family, I'm not saying that's the necessarily the wrong thing, but mm-hmm. you, you want to make sure they can actually help you and do your job. It's, it's not just, and one thing I wanted to say, you're talking about, you know, the pricing, how much you can save. Mm-hmm. I have, I had my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they had a, there was a here in Carmel and they wanted to sell their house and they, mm-hmm. they had this agent over and <clears> they, they said, we think you can sell your house for hundred and I think it was $139,000 back mm-hmm. then. It was a long time ago. Um, and man, my father-in-law said, that just seems so low. It just seems low. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think it does too. Let me, let me get somebody who's really good. Mm-hmm. So I got one of the top agents in the city at the time, had him talk to him. 
He said, listen, here's the thing. $139,000, we will sell the house tomorrow. If you have a little time, let's list it at $189,000. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to sell at $179,000. I think it's going to take about two months. Guess what? He sold it for $179,000 in two months. They made $40,000 or $50,000 more, $40,000 more, mm-hmm. by working with somebody oh, yeah. who knew what they were doing. And it probably didn't cost him any more money in the long run to go with that experienced agent. And that that experience of knowing how to price a home if your goal is just to see how fast you can sell it, you know, a lot of times you'll see agents that, that will advertise and say, you know, sold in one day at $20,000 over list. <clears throat> My big question is, did you list it at 50000 under market? Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. that's yeah. li- selling it quick over list. That could be a, a sign of a good agent, but it could be a sign of someone that priced it, you know, uh, incorrectly. Right. So you're absolutely right. Having that experience to know how to price the house. That's one of those differences that, that can make you tens of thousands of dollars going with that person that has the experience. Yep. And we're running up at the end of the, end of the radio awesome. show, so uh, please go to our podcast. You can just go to Indies Real Estate Gurus, listen to our podcast, the rest of it. You're listening to Indies Real Estate Gurus with Rick Ritma and Ian Arnold. To hear the conclusion of this interview, go to hardworkingmortgageguys.com and hit the podcast tab. Branch NMLS number 33041. Rick Ritma's NMLS number 664589. Ian Arnold's NMLS number is 1995469. Equal housing opportunity. Some restrictions apply. Well, first off, thank you for joining us, Danielle. I appreciate it. And I just was curious, how did you come to find out about Rick Ritma and Advisors Mortgage? Well, I was looking for a mortgage for myself for a brand new home that I was building. And I wasn't sure the direction to go. I didn't have anybody in mind. So I kind of just spoke to whoever I could speak to. I got their number and everything seemed to be exactly what I was looking for, so I went with them. The thing I liked the most about Rick and his advisor's mortgage is that I could go and upload things online and I didn't have to always be on the phone with them or sending them documents or um, trying to look for certain things that I needed to get the process going, um, which was really great for me. I had a processor named Mark Boltman who really helped me out in making sure I had everything I needed because I, I didn't know the first thing about having a mortgage, so it was awesome to have so much help. I think probably what I benefited from the most is really just them understanding that sometimes I would get busy and maybe I forgot to upload a document or I forgot to do a certain part of the process in a timely manner and they would get right back with me and it wasn't like a hey, we really need this right now. It was always, hey, just wanted to make sure you still remember that we need this. Well, you don't get that too much in this day and age. It seems like most people are either, you know, very demanding of something they need from you and they need it right now. And and I agree, I've seen that in, in Rick's attitude with us over, over the last 10 years that he's very patient, but also helpful to get the right <laughs> things he needs, so. Exactly. In conclusion, is Rick Ritma and Advisors Mortgage somebody that you would use in the future and or tell your friends and family about? Absolutely. And I just want to thank them for all the effort they put in to help me find my dream home. Branch NMLS number 33041. Rick Ritma's NMLS number 664589. Equal housing opportunity. Some restrictions apply. I'm Rick Ritma. You can go to hardworkingmortgageguys.com. Welcome back. You are in the right place if you are coming from the radio. This is the, we're in, in the rest of the podcast and we appreciate you coming in. This is Rick Ripma, your hardworking mortgage guy. And if you would like to get a hold of Ian or I, it's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. And Brian, if they need to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Uh, best way would be my cell number 317-797-3580. Or you can email me at indy one, the numeral one, realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R at gmail.com. Perfect. And, you know, based on what we talked about, the traits mm-hmm. and, and, and how you look for an agent, um, tell, tell us about your business. How, how does your business line up with those traits? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I am the team lead um, of, a, of a three-person team with the F.C. Tucker Company. And <clears throat> F.C. Tucker uh, currently is the, is the top real estate brokerage in the state of Indiana. We sell more houses, more residential property than any other brokerage right now. Um, they also have stellar training, and that's one of the reasons I initially affiliated with Tucker. Okay. Um, now, within Tucker, I am uh, a President's Club member, an Executive Club member, and part of the Platinum Club. 
And what that means is that uh, basically out of the 2,000 uh, Tucker agents that are here, I'm one of their top you know, 25 or 30 agents in the state of wow. Indiana. That's awesome. And within Great my job. board, well, thank you. <clears throat> within my board, which is your Metropolitan Indianapolis Board of Realtors, um, they have approximately 4,000 4, licensed agents, and I'm, I'm within the top 4 to 5% of the MyBor agents. So um, as far as uh, producing, I'm a good producer. But like I said, the, the biggest thing that I think is important <clears throat> is my responsiveness. Um, if I'm working for clients, I make myself accessible. Um, I don't you know, push somebody to... Uh, work with somebody else. Once I, once I have a buyer, I'm working with you personally all the way, whether I'm in Carmel, Indiana, or whether I'm in Kurdistan. So, right. Yeah. Even if, even yep. if you're overseas, oh, yeah. it doesn't make any difference. Well, I tell, I tell people I'm, I'm very, uh, relational also not transactional. So I'm even there after the house, the house is sold. So I, I kind of come with a house if you're a buyer. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, three months down the road, you need to get some roofing repaired. You need to, you know, get something painted or whatever. Give me a call. I'm there for you. I can give you great referrals. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there for, you know, for the long haul. So Yeah, I, I noticed that's, that is a, something that's really important because so much can happen when you, when you have a house. You know, mm -hmm. I've, we've been in our house 30-something <clears throat> years. I'm not, I don't move very often. And it's amazing all the little things that happen and you got to find somebody and having a referral from somebody who that referral cares what the person who referred them thinks about them because they mm -hmm. send a business, you actually get moved up the line. You get taken care of. Oh, yeah. It's just a huge help. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, if I've got a roofer that I'm sending, you know, $50,000 worth of roof jobs to every year, if I've got a general contractor or a plumber or whatever, they're going to take care of my clients Absolutely. because if they don't, then I'm going to, I'm going to shut that down. Now, the other thing, Tucker, who I work for also has a, a referral source, which is kind of nice. It's called Tucker home services. So if I don't personally know someone within an industry, I can call them up oh, and it's okay. a, it's a referral service by Tucker. And it's uh, only got people on that referral list that have been recommended by Tucker brokers. Oh, that's awesome. So kind of cool. So we've yeah. got, we've got access to a lot of referrals. Yeah, that's, that's important. Well, uh, now, do you have a team uh, that works works with you to I'm guessing to do that kind of volume you have to have a you have to have a team. Yes, yeah, we've got <laughs> well we we've, we've got uh, the admin team at the Carmel office, um, which they are stellar, and then I've got uh, two other realtors that work work with me awesome. um, with the Wignall Group, and yeah. they're they're both great. Uh, Julie Lemke is uh, uh, my my main agent and i'll tell you she was she was like a little superstar when i was over in iraq showing houses awesome. and, and doing all that so yeah. she's she's awesome well you know you don't get to where you are without having a good solid team behind you you know yeah. and working with you it's a it's a critical thing it's it's i i've been in places where we had a great team and then things changed mm -hmm. and you no longer had a great team and if you don't change teams I mean, you're going the way of the Colts, right? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's a really actually. I wouldn't even think about it because I'm not a huge football fan. But what a, you know, you you see, you have the right team, and the Colts do real well, or any of the teams, and then the next year they don't have the right team, or they don't mm -hmm. have the right coach, or they don't, and it just goes downhill. And it's it's really a, I think it's a good thing to look at when you're looking at real estate, mortgages, all that. It makes a difference who you work with, and it makes a difference of who they work with. Absolutely, but. Ultimately, it matters. You matter. You, as the real estate agent, in my opinion, matters the most because you're the one who sets the stage to have everything happen the way you want it to. And you didn't get to where you are by not doing it correctly and not mm -hmm. helping people. Absolutely. You, it, it just doesn't happen. I can tell you it makes a, it makes a huge difference. Now, what is your, what would you say is your superpower? Um, I would say <clears throat> responsiveness, and uh, that's that's one of them. My other superpower would be um, having the ability to kind of ratchet down emotion in a transaction. <clears throat> I think it's important, you know, when when anyone's dealing with a real estate transaction, there's there's so much pressure on both the buyer and the seller, and it's it's really easy for people to kind of get out of the lane, you know. If you're selling a house and the and the buyer asks for too much, you know, to be really offended by that and to, 
you know, I don't know if I want to work with these people and in the same way as, you know, as a buyer, you know, to, to get offended. And so I think one of my superpowers is being able to kind of step back from the situation and look at it logically and, you know, tell my buyers in, in a situation where they might be offended by something the seller said, listen, <clears throat> you've said this is your dream home. This is a house you really want. They're not going to fix that $500 item. Do you really want, I know you're frustrated at them, but do you really want to lose out on that dream home for $500? And keep in mind, you'll probably never talk to these people again. And it's just kind of bringing some, some calm and some, um, logic into the situation because it's, it's really easy for people to get emotional, you know? Right. Um, cause from a seller standpoint, that's their house. That's where they raise their kids. And you know, they, they love everything about that house. And from the buyer standpoint, they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. You right. know, they're going to overpay or buy the wrong house. And so having kind of that calming influence there, I think is really beneficial. And that's something I've been pretty good at. I, I think it's one of the most <laughs> important traits. It, it doesn't necessarily get highlighted because it, it's not on the upfront, sexy, you know, type of thing. But it is important because, as you said, this is an emotional situation for everybody. And if the agent can't step back and, 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 and let the emotion from them go, mm-hmm. because for them, and I don't mean this bad, but for, for, the, for the real estate agent, it is a business transaction. Yes. For the buyer and seller... It is a personal transaction. Oh, yeah. And you need those people in the transaction that can say can say what you did, that can walk them through it. And it helps to have both agents that way. And I'm sure that's one of the things you see somebody and you go, mm-hmm. you know, if these offers are the same, I'd rather work with this agent because yes, this agent absolutely. has that trait. Mm-hmm. And if – because the, the reality of what we do – there are so many things that happen in a transaction that can be a sticking point. Oh yeah, and can be somebody can take personally when it's n- not really meant personally, mm-hmm. and so it really matters to have somebody who can who can help them walk through that process. Absolutely, and just let them know what is reasonable. You know, I, I love the word reasonable. It's it's such a it's such a calming <laughs> word, and so when. <clears throat> I'm dealing with clients a lot. I, I use that word quite a bit. You know, hey, what they're asking for is reasonable. You know, we all want to be reasonable, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and just assuring, you know, whether I'm working with a buyer or a seller, that everything's being done in a reasonable manner and helping them get to the finish line. That's, that's my goal. Yeah. Not so that I can, I can get paid, you know, but so that I have people that can, that can move into the house that they love or people that can sell the house that, that they've made wonderful memories in and, and move on to the next stage of their life. You know, that's my job. And, and I take that real personally. Yeah. And you, you know, you said not because you get paid and mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the thing I think a lot of people who aren't in sales don't understand. Cause mm-hmm. it drives me crazy when I hear ads that talk about, you know, we don't, we don't put our, our, our salespeople on commission because, well, you know, <clears throat> that, that actually is not commission is not a, a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. If you get the right people, not the typical, uh, salesperson that they that people think of because of what the, they show on movies and things mm-hmm. like that, but people like you who, who care. Making the money is way down the line. Yep. Taking care of the clients and what I've learned, I'm sure you have. You take care of people, the money comes. Absolutely, you, it doesn't. It should never be your focal. In fact, if mm-hmm. it's your focal point, it's a problem. Yeah, if if that's your main focus in real estate, you really shouldn't be an agent. You need to get out exactly. and do something different. Yeah, it's 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 not. And same same with mortgages. If mm-hmm. that's what you're focused on, you're not looking at the people's right. You know, the best mm-hmm. thing for these people. There used to be a mortgage out, and uh, it was countrywide, mm-hmm. and it had four mortgage payment options, and they sold it like crazy. And they wanted us, you know, I, I wasn't at Countrywide, but they, they, they sold, you know, you could sell it. And it was like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not doing it. It's not good for the customer. Yep. At one time, 45% of those mortgages were in foreclosure. Wow. Because nobody, if you have, a pay, if you have four payment check options and one of them's a negative AM, but it's the lowest payment, which mm-hmm. payment do most people make? The lowest payment. Right. And it just ends up, so 
we 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 have to look out for our customers because absolutely we want to we we don't want we want them happy mm-hmm. and we live here right yeah You've, you live here and your <clears throat> your reputation matters absolutely especially in real estate you know yes. it's it's a relational business and you know you were talking about looking out for the best interest of your of your customers one one of them that I saw over the last couple of years because of because of COVID and how crazy our industry got you know right. in the last two three years I would see agents waiving inspections and putting offers in on houses. And, and I can proudly say that I did not do that on any transaction. And I even had clients come to me saying, Hey, we'll, we'll go ahead and waive the inspection. And I would say, I won't write that up. <laughs> let's do it this way. Let's, let's say we're not going to ask for anything unless it's over this threshold because I didn't want a situation where I'm working, I'm working for somebody. And the thing that, that should be a blessing, which is your home becomes you know, a curse. We right. find we find unexpectedly that there's twenty five thousand dollars worth of foundation damage, or they've got stacky botrys black mold, or you know, some major issue that I didn't protect them from themselves when right. they were talking about putting in a waived inspection on an offer. So there there are multiple things, kind of like what you were saying, where where both agents and brokers can do things to look out for the best interest. And I think in the long haul, it always, it always pays off. Oh, know, yeah, people will remember you and remember yeah. how you helped them. Uh, they, it, it, even if they don't remember that, they'll definitely remember if you didn't protect oh, them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so you want to always protect them just because that's the right thing to do. Yep. But, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I'm one who I explain it to us. I, I believe you give them their options, you explain the options, and you let them make their choice. But I would be like you. I'm sorry. Waving an inspection. I, I've been mm-hmm. in, in and around real estate for 33 years. I sold new homes. Even a new home, you should have an inspection. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because they make mistakes. They do. But I have had people who say, they'll walk in a house and they'll go, oh, yeah, we've got, here, here's the purchase agreement. This house is perfect. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to have the inspection, but this house is perfect. And it comes back and it's got something hidden. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, it's unbelievable. You you don't know until you have somebody who knows what they're doing, goes through that house, and makes sure it's okay. And even when you're dealing with inspectors, your average inspector that <clears throat> that's looking at a house, they're spending three hours digging through everything in that house. Even an inspector can't walk through a house and say, yeah, it's good to go. Right. Without crawling in the attic, crawling down in the crawl space, you know, getting on top of the roof, doing all those necessary things. Yes. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's, <laughs> it's vital. Mm-hmm. to to do that. So what are two resources that you think, man, if I didn't have those resources, I wouldn't be here today? Resources. Um, well, I, I, you know, I can, I can say that as far as training, you know, resources and training, yeah. um, Tucker, who I work for, has done a stellar job with training. Um, this is the only brokerage I've ever been at, but um, I've seen people leave Tucker and come back. Right. Um, and the way that I was referred to Tucker, the real estate agent that I told you about that represented me selling my house when right. I'd gone through the divorce, she owned her own brokerage. And she told me, if you decide to get into real estate, go through Tucker. They've got the best training. Right. So yeah. Tucker Tucker does a great job for us as agents and, and brokers as far as uh, training the office managers at, at my office. The Carmel office are just wonderful. So uh, they're really good. Um, and as far as a, a resource... That's a resource. That, um, what you just yeah. gave is a resource. My this wouldn't necessarily be a resource, but one of the things that really motivates me is is my wife. You know, my wife has been so encouraging to me. You know, when I started working um, as a real estate agent, um, and eight years ago, um, she was in my court one hundred percent. She's the one that encouraged me to you know to go out and and do it. I know you'll be successful, and and she was like my number one cheerleader and. Uh, that she's probably one of the biggest reasons I transitioned into this industry. I'd looked at it for years, thought it would be fun, thought it would be, you know, a, a great field to get into. But I'll tell you, when you're late forties, it's scary changing your career path. Yes. And having a wife that's like, "Hey, thumbs up, Brian. Let's do it." You know, I'm excited. You'll do great. You know, she was she was a wonderful resource as far as motivation is concerned. Yeah, I, I would I would consider that a great resource. You know, yeah. it's it's mentors, which is a, I think a lot of that. You know, I. I used to end that question would ask about mentors because I think mm-hmm. mentors are important and you kind of gave you just gave to because mm-hmm. FC Tucker has been a huge mentor yep. you know they've had people there and your wife and we have to be supported 
by our family. If we're not, mm-hmm. that that that's a tough thing. So what what if there's a young agent or uh, that's not even fair, a, a, a an agent who is struggling, mm-hmm. um, either new to the business or they're struggling in this market. What should they do? What what are the what are the activities they should be doing to get their business where it needs to be? Well, <clears throat> one of the ways that I got business when I first got into the industry, like right now, I get a lot of referrals. But when I first started, um, every Sunday I was at open houses. Okay. You know, I scheduled open houses immediately after tr- you know church, and I was trying to meet clients that way. But I, I would tell any new agent, and I and I've told one of my new team members this take advantage of any training opportunities that you have if you're if you're in construction the more tools that you have the cooler stuff that you can build right yes and so take advantage of any training resources that you have i used to uh, go to continuing education when i didn't need to whenever they would uh, have an inspector talking about home inspection i wanted to get to be a subject matter expert on home inspection I would meet with lenders, find out about the products that they that they had, because the more knowledgeable that I got in my field, the better job that I can do for my clients and helping them um, with with the uh, you know loan product, you know the referrals that they need to to correct you know, yeah. be successful in their home transaction. So try to try to learn, yeah. work on work on now in in a slowing market, work now on trying to get experienced and getting your skill skill set up and do open houses every week. Yeah. So I, I, to that point on the, on the training, just, I never mentioned it before, but we actually have, I'm, I'm in a coaching program and it's a big company that does it. And they actually have a, a weekly, um, weekly call, call where they have a real estate agent on who's an, who's a phenomenal agent somewhere in the country. Mm -hmm. And they just go through and it tells you what it is and what they're going to do and what they're going to talk about. And you can learn from them. So if you're new Mm -hmm. and you want to do something like that, just get with me, hardworkingmortgageguy.com. And I'll, I'll put you in that. I'll send you the link and you can go there every week. And it would be, it's a phenomenal training. It doesn't cost anything. Awesome. Um, And you can pick and choose. You can go or not go, but I just find it's, for me, it's taken me a long time. I have a, I started doing this coaching um, and having a coach, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, the mentors mean a lot. It really yep. helps. Um, we're running out of time. Um, but if somebody once has any real estate needs, they want to talk to you about that or any other questions they might have, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is uh, cell phone number 317-797-3580. Or you can email me at Indy1, I-N-D-Y, numeral one, Realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R, at gmail.com. And do you mind if I throw in an extra plug oh, here? Um, anybody that's listening to the show on 950, uh, do not change the channel when Rick's show is over because we have a radio show that follows him immediately called Mastering in Real Estate. Awesome. We, and we'll put that in the in the bottom below the below the the podcast we'll, okay. we'll have that all that information put in so um how to get a hold of you and it's brian wignall so it's w-i-g-n-a-l-l he's with yes, fc sir. tucker um if you listen you probably already know that if you need to get a hold of ian or i it's hardworkingmortgageguys.com that's hardworkingmortgageguys.com thanks so much for joining us i appreciate it and have a great day